I feel like with my upcoming move, the the craziness of the weirdness of my early morning brain hopefully will either diminish and be better for the podcast or diminish and be less interesting for the podcast. So I'm just like, yeah, I, I, yeah, I will see how it goes, but I'm very excited to not have to record after today at like five, six a.m. The que- the question is though, what is better for the podcast, your early morning brain or my early morning brain? I guess we'll find out. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. You and me and the listener were all in this together. Um, and with that, welcome to Serially Hooked Star Wars. We're your hookers, Chris and Rashad. And today you have a choice. Take him or call it off. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and at seriallyhooked.com where you can find all our latest info. Uh, this week has been full of great shows and we will continue this discussion about all of them next week we'll discuss the upcoming episode of house of the dragon on monday and the next episode of andor on saturday in between we'll have a very special weekly hook for you which i'm already very excited about and with that i have something very special that just came in a two-faced divinity a sun goddess and a serpent from the overworld Dear God, what a what a what a quote! Um, I'm actually quite nervous for next week's weekly hook. Everybody, um, I don't know if I'm allowed yeah. to say that, but I'm a little like out of my out of my game there. Well, but we'll see how it goes. Um, but about this Andor episode, holy shit! Uh, actually, okay, I have a confession to make. I have okay. a very big confession to make. So last time we or yesterday or a couple days ago we talked about Andor and uh-huh. I had already seen Andor episode four because <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't wait. And um, my comments, actually, one of my notes, one of my comments was how, like, I think this is the best start to a Star Wars show ever. And that was actually on my notes for Andor Episode 4. <laughs> <laughs> Pushed it to the premiere by accident completely just because I could. I was just so excited about this episode because yeah. this is not, like, the first three episodes of the premiere was amazing and this show this episode just like blew me away uh and i think it was even better than the premiere i'm even more excited um obviously like mon mothma coming into the picture was just like holy crap i'm like yes please um learning about luthan now um his name obviously his like his transformation just there's so much in this show that i really love this episode is amazing please give me more and yes I mean, they will. That's the thing. They will give us more. But this time you have to wait. <laughs> I'm so mad. I have to wait every a week I for know. episode to episode. I, there are only a few shows every week, I guess, or every, every year that I wait patiently for the premiere. Like, the, to the dot, to the hour of the premiere, I'm just like waiting on my screen just being like all right i have to watch this now where i like schedule my day around it and i think andor is going to be one of those shows it's so funny because it never occurred to me that you would wait like when we were recording this uh other this this first episode of andor i was like for sure like sure surely rashad has seen this already he doesn't have the patience that i have to just not watch the fourth episode (laughs) are you kidding me the moment you told me that you can't record like on the wednesday i was like yeah i'm watching this sorry (laughs) yeah 
<laughs> so uh yeah uh but i mean i agree this is an amazing episode i i loved it i'm ah oh, i'm so happy i'm just, i'm just so happy we we get to see so many things that we know so many things that we haven't seen before um <laughs> i talked last time about uh you know oh my god i'm so i'm so glad that we don't have tatooine again but i'm really happy actually that we get to see coruscant post uh order 66 and i i love that i loved as you mentioned you know luthan changing his appearance his demeanor his personality and so many other things that i'm sure we're going to talk about and i'm just i'm just so happy about this show one of the things that's interesting about how they're structuring this television show. So they've already announced the entire structure of the show out front being like just like not like the the what's going into it, but we know the show's going to be 24 episodes total, broken down into two 12 episode seasons. And we know that each of the seasons is breaking broken down into like three episode chunks. So it gets you really and each chunk is sort of led by a different writer director combo. So it's a really interesting way to structure a television show where you don't have some uh, like one overarching creative vision across the entire thing, but you have obviously Tony Gilroy as the show creator, but you have different arcs of creative voices coming into play. And you can immediately see the difference in the tone a little bit here in this episode, as opposed to the previous three arc or the previous three episode arc. And what's cool about that is that you kind of like it it all feels within the same world obviously and it all feels part of the same show but you're going on a different adventure and it does feel like movies within a show which is really cool like i wonder if we look back on this television show we're going to be really excited about it's i don't want to use the word anthology but it does because we're going on in a different adventure now and conceivably based on understanding the show, the next three episodes will kind of go through this adventure that they're going to go on this heist or whatever, which again, amazing idea. So I'm, I'm really interested to see how exactly they end up structuring this and what events come next. If, but it doesn't like, you know, it's, it doesn't even like, I, I don't know how to explain it. It's just so good. <laughs> I, I'm really excited about this. This arc is what I'm trying to say. So we have got the, the first arc, which is Cassian going through his journey. And then at the end, not joining the rebellion, but kind of going off into the sunset and being like, all right, I'm going to go do something else off Ferex. This next arc that we're going to see is conceivably the heist. And I fucking love a heist scene. And yeah. It's like the most classic Star Wars thing ever. So um, I'm really <laughs> excited to see this. And I presumably this will be his intro into the into the rebellion at large and um, the the flip side of the work, the stuff on Coruscant, which is a great addition to the lore in the sense that like, where's ever, where's all the money coming from? How is this getting supported? This is starting to answer those questions that we didn't even know we had or we kind of had, but no one ever deigned to try and answer them. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know anything about the kind of the structure of it uh, that, that you explained. So, um, you know, <laughs> I come I come to this knowing nothing, but it, I think it's an, a very fascinating idea to do it that way. And I think it, you know, it makes sense to have these arcs. I mean, Disney kind of messed up the uh, third trilogy that way in terms of movies, but on on, on the serious level, let's hope that it works out and so far it definitely does i'm so and i loved as well that you know they cut 
that cut away the they end the episode this episode that's already pretty long comparatively um they ended and you know it's just the preparation of the heist and I don't know, so many new things, new characters. We get to see some old characters for a little bit. Uh, I mean, old, it's the fourth episode. But again, I, I think they're all memorable in a in a sense. So so I don't know, I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm just here for it. I'm just really excited to see what's coming next. I mean, we know what's coming next, which is the uh, the heist. But I just, I loved ISB. The whole infighting, I think we both like to see the infighting in the imperial uh, ranks. That is, I think, something that has been permeating all of our coverage of Star Wars, that we we love to see some infighting. So, you know, I'm all here for it. And just so such great characters, such great performances as well. And I'm also really happy to be in Galactic Scotland for for now beautiful galactic scotland yeah as as vel explained it is like yeah this is just scotland highlands lowlands i mean it's not like only scotland has that but just the way she explained it with the backdrop of the landscape i was like okay this is just scotland one thing that's different about this versus the the sequel trilogy for sure is that the sequel trilogy is a freaking mess in terms of production and organization and didn't really have any coherent voice or vision or anything related to it and this is I don't want to say by saying that, oh, there's different arcs. It's not that, like, Tony Gilroy is not involved. It's not that there is no coherent vision. There's still one writer's room. There's still one panel yeah. of directors. Just like any television show, most or most television shows are not done by one director. There is, it is still one show, and it is still coherent and goes in the same direction. It is just that, similar to other television shows where you rotate writers and, and directors for different episodes these are given these are these are allocated by chunks in, a, in an interview tony gilroy talks about the the process of choosing who gets to do what and basically all the directors are sitting in a room and just rose that raised their hands on which ones they wanted to choose so <laughs> they're all in the process together so that creates what's interesting where you have a creative diversification to a certain extent but still a coherent vision and palette that you get to enjoy throughout the show. And you can see this as we transition from one to the other. If you didn't know, you wouldn't know that there is really a, if you didn't like pay attention to the credits, you wouldn't know that there's a different director behind the show or the episode. And you wouldn't know the, 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 the transformation that's going on here. But um, when we're talking about the, the nuances of how it's shot and how the feel of it is, I think there's a nice change of pace in this episode. So, that's all I'm trying to say with that. I don't want to get anyone worried about what's going to happen in the future. And especially don't want to be comparing it to the prequels or sequels. Sequels, yeah. <laughs> Neither of them, really. <laughs> yeah, again, I, I have, I'm not worried at all. I just have faith and confidence in the creators this time, for sure. And uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just here for the ride. I love, I love as well that we have 12 episodes this season not 10 or 8 i think 12 is great also you know i think just structurally i love that they you know have these chunks of these arcs and i'm just, yeah i'm just i'm just here for it it's kind of how we liked with the mandalorian where yeah. there are like you can separate the season into different 
not chunks because there were a lot of one-off episodes in the middle of the first season, but the best stuff of The Mandalorian where there, there's a couple episodes that string together and you kind of look forward to what's actually happening. And then in the middle, there was some random stuff. But it's, uh, yeah, I just, I, I, yeah, I really like the structure that you're talking about or that you like as well. And, and with that, are you going to ruin another transition of mine or are we going to go into our top four? What is, what, what is it going to be, Rashad? Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Were you actually trying to say, to say something else? And uh, you, I just like... <laughs> no, 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 no. You, you okay. didn't railroad me. You're good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, um, so yeah, what's your first scene? My first scene is on the ship, Luthen and Cassian talking. Uh, he gives him the kyber crystal. He's giving him the options. Mm. He's telling him, you can either run away. Um, you could take my ship and kill me and leave me behind. You can. <laughs> it's just, Luthen is just such a badass in the way. And also Stellan Skarsgård. Holy crap. This episode yes. is just the greatest thing ever. Um, I, I just really found it so engaging in the way that they um, are coming together and immediately have to deal with the consequences of the actions of the last episode. And it's kind of like we, I didn't see that Luthen is just like going to ditch him or just drop him and go. And I, I think Cassian's felt the same thing, but also mm. I have a question for you. What do you think it means that Luthen's giving him a Kyber crystal, which is kind of crazy that a Kyber crystal is there. And also, why is it yeah. only worth 50,000? I would imagine it would be worth, worth more than that in credits. May, maybe it is not worth more because there is such a huge risk attest, attached to it. So it is, you know, it is valuable, but also extremely dangerous. And with some things that results in a higher price, but maybe this is just so sought after that it's just so dangerous to handle. Um, so maybe, or or maybe he undersells it. Um, maybe I I I've been wondering about the meaning of this, and I cannot. I don't really have formulated a a theory on it, just because I have watched this show three hours ago, <laughs> and I haven't had as much time to think about it as you have. Um, but it was it was definitely something that I paid close attention to because every time kyber crystals come up in star wars it is something meaningful and i wonder though i i think i just formulated a theory um that maybe on um on canary that's what they were mining so maybe that has a special uh, meaning to to cassian that's an interesting theory because he seems to really be attached to it in the way that he like has it around his neck and then pulls it off and wants to keep it secret. So, I mean, it could just be that it's valuable um, and that's the, the monetary value for him is important, but I wonder if it, there is something else on top of that. Yeah. I mean, time will tell. What do you, do you have an, uh, uh, like a theory? I don't yourself? have a theory other than the fact that it's a device within the show to demonstrate how, the legacy of the Jedi has become nothing more than a commercial exchange. Mm. And for Cassian's perspective, it's about how he values at this point currently the credits. And at what point are we going to see his character growth transition into the fact that he now, he will then at some point conceivably come to value things different or greater than credits. 
So I wonder yeah. if it's just going to be another marker for his own specific uh, character arc on top of the, you know, the symbolic fall of the Jedi. I think that is a beautifully made point. I, I also wanted to point out that for a second there, I thought that could have also been applied to Disney Plus as a thing. <laughs> like the legacy of the, Je the Jedi has now just become a commercial trans transaction. <laughs> wow wow also like really stupid that disney plus is um raising their prices <laughs> sorry it's oh, just are like, they? <laughs> you feel like by a lot and i'm just like because they're yeah, adding wow. like a a, a a version with ads and a version with no ads oh and they're gosh. obviously like adding all the oh, yeah i'm just like not fun disney plus why are you doing this to me i mean also also to be fair star wars has always been a a vehicle to make a lot of money so i don't want to say that oh only you know it was always about the artistic vision until george lucas sold it to to disney no star wars has always been about making money of course um but i don't know just <laughs> just occurred to me but um yeah that's a great first scene um and mine my first one is actually the one right after that Uh, when they are on the, on Aldani and um, you have again intercut it's it's mostly Luthen and Val talking with you know the introductory quote that I uh, that I gave take him or call it off um, you know about and Val has her misgivings about including someone she doesn't know in something that took five months to prepare three days before it's going to happen um, but as Luthen tells her, you know, that is the, if you don't like him, that is the the perks of renting someone, as he puts it. He's disposable. And at the same time, you can see Cassian just ponders leaving with the ship once uh, Luthen is outside. But then the droid kind of, I, I think he was he was not really going to do it. But then his last doubts were kind of dispersed once he saw okay there is a droid paying attention who will not just let me leave but i thought that that was again telling us something about all of these three characters and yeah i just i just love that introduction to val we see luthan raises his voice uh, when he talks to her which also you know he is he is becoming more intense and we see later why that is and Yeah, again, also something about Cassian, who is just thinking, should I just leave? And uh, yeah, I just love that scene. What do you think the relationship between Val and Luthen is? Because I've heard a theory that Luthen is her father or has some sort mm. of paternalistic relationship with her. Any thoughts on something like what do you think their background comes into? And do you think we'll see more of it? Yeah, I definitely I don't I don't think about the uh, literally father daughter relationship, but I thought as well that there might this might be some sort of mentor uh, thing that Luthen kind of, or that or that uh, yeah that he kind of found Val and made her who she is today and trained her basically or like recruited her in any case. Um, so something like that, I think that also crossed my mind. Yeah. Yeah, I think it just the way he speaks to her is with such force that it, it does connote a longer term relationship, not just for this five month heist. Which which it has to be said, five months, that's that's dedication for sure. 
You know? <laughs> but also not that long. I guess I'm doing like a multi-year thing, but yeah. like five months ain't nothing. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> That's true. That's true. But like five months living in the wilderness for doing something for a few hours. I mean, I guess it can be compared to something like that. I guess that is literally writing a master's thesis, but uh, um, yeah, yes. I could do that in my sleep now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, what's your next scene? So my next one, we are going to go to the ISB. Yes. I, I, that, that panel, uh, the council where all the yeah. different uh, regional reporting, reporting officers are going there and talking to, oh, what's his name? Like the Imperial, like, oh man, general guy. Fuck, whatever. I didn't catch his name. Um, yeah, they said Pyroth, Pi, Pi, and it's like Picel, but not Picel, obviously. <laughs> I mean, isn't, isn't he also the, uh, the actor who played the uh, late hand of the king of Cersei? Isn't he that guy? Oh, it is familiar. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. He's uh, what's his face? Oh man, I can't remember names. But whatever. Game of Thrones was a long time ago. Yeah. Also, like, I if I don't write the name of something down, like in my notes, there's literally no way I'm going to be able to remember it. But yeah. here we are, ISB. Amazing to see the bureaucracy in play. I loved the reference to Ryloth and Scarif. Yes. And it's just, if people who have watched The Clone Wars or Rebels know a lot more about Ryloth than people who have watched just the television shows. And it is just a, a subtle way to widen the world, but in ways that we understand and it, we can appreciate if you know what else is out there. But if you're not just like, if you're just watching this for, just watching this for Andor, it's also just like, oh, what's on there? What's on that planet? What's on that planet? It gives me secret, 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 tiny hope that we are going to go to Ryloth. But <laughs> yeah. I I mean, I don't want to hold my breath on that one. But I would love mm. to see Ryloth in, in real life. Yeah. Also, George Lucas, watch out. This is how you make administration seem interesting to the audience. It's so good. I don't understand. Like, uh <laughs> it's also like the idea of the isb has always been the most fascinating part of the empire to me Same. this cia secret or fbi secret police force organization that comes in and intervenes in the most dire of circumstances and is a, like a way above the rest of the imperial police bureaucracy and it just it is such an amazing and just like even like mentions of ISB began in the Mandalorian when they are talking to people being like, oh, you were ex ISB or whatever, whatever. And it just hmm. being associated with this organization connotes a level of strength and a level of um, skill that no other part of the empire really mean it doesn't mean much to be like a fucking stormtrooper or just to be in the army or in the navy at the empire but when you know someone's at the isb you know they're the best of the best and to see the best of the best talking in this way is it was just a great like exciting moment for someone like me who is just waiting been waiting to see this and it also gives me hope that we might see thrawn at some point in these episodes <laughs> you just have so much hope to see all these different characters that you love just in the background just give me thrawn walking in the background <laughs> big blue man <laughs> yeah i mean that'd be amazing but i'm sure they're going to save him for for mandalorian or ahsoka yeah 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 i mean we could also ostensibly see moff gideon yep yeah you we know? could see moff gideon we could see um uh we could even see what's his face uh <sighs> mandalorian baddie bad guy what's his name Giancarlo Esposito. 
Yeah, the that is guy. Moff Gideon. <laughs> oh, is that Moff Gideon? Oh, crap. Yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. you were going to say, um, I thought you were talking about Tarkin. Because Tarkin's also ISB. Yeah, that's true. I hope not because, you know, I, I hope we don't see another 3D rendering of him. I I don't think, I think we might see it a little bit. I, that wouldn't surprise me unless if Disney was like, had all, had their way, we would see it. But unless Tony Gilroy yeah. puts his foot down, which I think he would, he is the type of person who would, I, yeah. we might not see it because of that. And we also might not see any of the other people we're talking about because of that. I'm fine with that as well. I mean, both visually and just from the way his his voice sounded and he spoke, the uh, ISB person in charge, he reminded me a little bit of Tarkin. So at first I thought I heard him talk um, or it's a, an approximation of Tarkin anyway. Um, but yeah, I think he's a Tarkin stand-in here. Yeah, what's also exactly. really interesting about the scene is what do we think about visually when we see a room that's pure and white like that mm. we think of the rebellion look at the original shots of the original movie you have the white of the rebellion ships contrasted with the darkness of uh vader's scene where he's talking with the, his generals at the time or tarkin's scene as well it is a great inversion of our expect visual expectations and visual cues with what we associate with the empire and what we associate with the rebellion so it's just i i love turning this show on its head or sh turning star wars on its head with this sort of indication of uh, you know color i also my next scene is also isb related i had a tough time uh deciding between two but maybe i'll get to the chance of uh, you know talking about the other one if you pick one of my other other uh, scenes i'm going to choose the one where the two isb officers are just quabbling with each other about uh, who is in charge or whose jurisdiction is this and uh, again infighting is fascinating but also obviously the the again i, d I didn't catch anyone's names here but uh, the female uh, officer who is very interested in that missing piece of equipment that cassian had in the in the, la in the last arc the star pathfinder yeah, exactly. That that was stolen from her jurisdiction, so she's very interested. Uh, and the other guy just blocks her off, who, you know, gives our three friends from the first I could talking to uh, in the best possible way. And um, hot take, I might, I think, I hope we see the uh, deputy again, maybe in a different role, maybe even joining uh, the rebellion at some point. I could see that. Because it was curious to me. I don't know what you made of that. The ISB officer said to them that now the Milano system is placed under direct imperial control and basically mockingly congratulates him on see what you've done. And he, it kind of made me think, of course, that means that they're, that from the security forces perspective, their power has significantly decreased or rather is gone now. Because they are kind of a subcontractor who has now, you know, been fired. But I, I do wonder if, if maybe the the deputy kind of has misgivings about the empire at some point. That would be very interesting to see. Because we also get that scene of him, you know, moving back into <laughs> in with his mom, uh, which, you know kind of made me think that that could be an interesting send-off just as a last 
nod towards him because so far this show, you know, definitely leaves some characters behind that I hope we see later. But I'm just curious what his role is going to be, if there is any. I think there's two options for the old deputy. One that he has misgivings against the Empire and then either works as a mole for the Rebellion or works actively with the Rebellion. Or he blames all of his problems on Cassian and then goes on a hell-bent fury uh, chase of Cassian um, and ends up in the good graces of the ISB or something like that, where he actually just really hates Cassian so much. So I think it's either one of those two. I, I, I don't really know yet. I don't think we've seen enough to really distinguish which one it's going to be, but I would lean towards the latter and I would lean towards him growing into like a wider villain um, yeah. than him becoming a, what's his face in rebels type? A callous agent callous type. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I could see that as well. I'm yeah, I'm just generally curious. That was my first instinct, but I think the other theory also has a lot of things to stand on for sure. So, what's your next scene? My next scene is the um, Mon Mothma Luthen talking in the store. Same. <laughs> good, 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 good. It is so well done and it just shows how the empire is such a nascent stage right now and it shows how really careful they have to be and how they have to live their lives in such a very small way not only is the construction of the scene amazing the fact that luthan's assistant or co-worker knows what's going on immediately silently knows the dynamic of the fact that he she has to distract the new driver and he, he can take her in the back and the way that they seem seamlessly go in and out of their public and private voices here it's just incredibly done obviously seeing luthan in this light is really really interesting and i want to see more about mon mothma how she's going to build more networks of nascent rebellion in coruscant and also just the fact that we're seeing coruscant here whoa seeing coruscant mm -hmm. in this way that is actually really interesting is amazing and then obviously you have all this it's just it's it's a great cover and space and way for an interaction between Luthen, a new character that we're falling in love with, and Mon Mothma, who is just the freaking badass. The, the best of the best. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love as well, it, it precedes this scene a little bit, but it also belongs to it. The scene in which Luthen assumes a new personality and the visual changes and like an actor, he puts on, I mean, of course, because he's an actor, but, you know, he puts on the the wig and the all of the jewelry and then changes his posture and his demeanor. And that that was almost the highlight of this uh, of this episode for me. And then, of course, the, the entire scene in his gallery, which was just fabulous. It gave me a real like secret police during the um cold war vibes like stasi or something like that where you don't know who's listening um all of these things um and you know surveillance and all all of that and yeah again again luthan just knocking it out of the park with yeah and we have this piece ha 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 and then immediately within a second changes his his spe way of speaking 
180 degrees when he then talks to Mon Mothma in, in you know for the cause so so to speak and it's just so fascinating and as you said also the uh, the gallery's assistant just again yeah so so great he knows immediately what's going on is obviously part of of what is going on i must assume so just that whole thing so fascinating and is it just me or i know it's not her but she kind of looks like leia to me Huh. Interesting. I know it's not her and it's not, not like intentional, but she just looks like Leia. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, I didn't really Yeah, I'll 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 rewatch this episode, I'm sure, and then I will I will t- uh, you know, take a look. <laughs> yeah, let me know. But also, yeah, the transformation scene of Luthen, his like the way he flips his hand and the way he twirls basically is just it's incredible. So, Stellan Skarsgård A++. Yeah, that's that's what I said last time, right? It's just this great an actor in this show is just flabbergasting and great that, you know, Star Wars can, I mean, of course it's Disney and they have a lot of money, but still, it still attracts so many people that are so talented and I'm just so happy about that. Alrighty, what's your last scene for today? It has to be the planning sequence, them planning yes, the heist. same, <laughs> of course. I am really, it's just like the most classic Star Wars possible, right? Mm-hmm. But with a new twist, they'd use models now and miniatures rather than, <laughs> and not holograms, but again, well, so well done. Not only is that reflective of how little they have and how they're starving and in the middle of the woods and really are just like literally have no resources here, but it is a new take on understanding this and also the tension that's in this scene as well mm. that undercuts everything is just the perfect, like, no Star Wars thing is complete without them being like, okay, we're going to plan a heist and we have to talk about how what's going to happen. And then obviously something's going to go wrong and it's going to be amazing. And yeah. I'm perfectly fine with it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that earlier as well. It's just like, yeah, next, we know next next episode is going to be the heist. And then something goes wrong. And that's what the episode after that is going to be about. Um, but yeah, I, I love that scene so much. It, it, it tells you all about the group dynamics as well with the one guy who who is just like, yeah, but that's not to scale. And everybody's kind of annoyed at this know-it-all person. Really the nerd of the group, if you will. Um, and yeah, just also what precedes it is, again, just the arrival of, of Cassian and how it, like his reception and everybody's just very doubtful, if not hostile <laughs> towards him, they're just so well done. And then when they, when they actually talk about him and that's that moment in that, in the planning uh, scene where, uh, Val asks him, so are you in? all the way or not and then he goes i'm in and then they share everything and yeah it just it has me very excited for for the next few episodes get pumped chris get pumped i am i i cannot wait and i'm kind of glad that we we have a few a few great shows at once because now i don't have to wait an entire week to get what i want now i just have to wait a couple of days until the next episode of a show that i really like so that just is great timing. Gotta love it. I'm so excited. And with that, thank you very much for listening. Uh, for 
Chris. No. <laughs> that, that's that's what happens. Uh, if you've enjoyed the show, give us a five-star rating for a shot. I'm Chris. Talk to you next time. Bye.